What's up, mom and dad? Welcome to the Raising Competitors podcast. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm the founder here at Compete Every Day. I'm excited to spend some time with you again this week as we talk about ways that we can set our kids up for success so that they succeed, they grow, and they excel in school, sports, and life. A lot of the conversations we have are similar to those we have over at the Compete Every Day podcast, but with a specific focus and tailored area for raising kids, coaching kids, and being involved in the process and activities of youth sports. Today is a special opportunity as I get to welcome good friend James Leith. For those that don't know the name, James is the founder at Unleash the Athlete. He was also the first guest for season three of the Compete Everyday podcast, where we talked about leadership. We talked about caring what other people are doing, that if you're invested in helping someone succeed, then you learn to care about the things that they care about. For example, the Pokemon Go, when he was at IMG Academy, James shared that he had no interest in this. He didn't really care, but because his students did, because the athletes he was training did, he found himself learning more about it, investing time in it so that he could find that common ground to connect with them and create a bigger impact. James has recently released Mental Resiliency for Athletes, a brand new online course and program designed for high school athletes, uh, middle school youth athletes. Honestly, going through the curriculum with him, uh, it's something I wish I had at that age. I wish I'd had it in middle school, high school to better prepare me for the mental side of sports. The beauty of this program and what makes it so special is James has white labeled it. So if you're a coach, you can download these templates, put your school colors, your school logo on there to make it look and feel as if it's your own. You're teaching this, uh, which helps not only from a acceptance standpoint, but reinforcing and building your curriculum at your program. On the parent side, it's full of incredible information on ways that we can help encourage positive self-talk. We can instill confidence in our kids, helping them understand the difference between arrogant and being too prideful versus just the importance of being proud of what you've accomplished, being confident. So those are pieces of the conversation James and I have today around mindset, self-talk, leadership development. Uh, it's full of great information for all of you. So I'm excited to welcome him back to the show for this one. And if you enjoy this conversation, uh, please check out the show notes uh, here on iTunes as well as on podcast.competeveryday.com where you'll be able to find links to James's team building activity course, which is perfect if you're a teacher, coach, camp counselor, uh, or even a facilitator in a corporate setting, uh, as well as mental resiliency for athletes and all of James's other links. As always, to support the Raising Competitors podcast and brand, please do me a quick favor. Visit competeeveryday.com. Use the code podcast. It'll get you 15% off any order at, raising, at competeeveryday.com. It helps support the Raising Competitors podcast. It helps support the Compete Everyday podcast. If at anything, it helps me just keep my coffee cup full while we're recording these great interviews and sharing this content with you absolutely free of charge. One more thing, parents, if you have another parent, a friend who's got a kid in youth sports, uh, maybe they're on your athlete's team, maybe they live in your neighborhood, they're on another athlete's team, would you just do us a quick favor and share the Raising Competitors podcast with them? You can share it on Facebook, you can send them in a quick email, but something to help us spread the word to help other parents further instill the skills for leadership, healthy competitive mindset, and set their kids up for success as well in school, sports, and life. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to welcome to the show, James Leith. 
Liz Leith, welcome back to the Raising Competitors podcast. What's up, man? It's good to hear your voice. Dude, I, uh, so for all of our listeners, I'm apologizing profusely to James and buying breakfast the next time I see him because we recorded an incredible session. Let me take that back. We talked and had an incredible conversation at which yeah. point the recording cut out after like yeah. 10 minutes. And so we are re-recording this episode just for you because it is full of some amazing stuff. Uh, but James- I, I was on my game too. You were. I mean, I, I, mean, I was, oof. That was one of the worst calls. I don't know if I was like <laughs> calling to tell you I wanted to break up or that I forgot to hit record, like what was going to be worse during uh, that conversation. Uh, yeah, that's, that's all right, man. You know, you, you do great work and I'm just, I'm just happy to, to be on again, man. We, as I laughed, this is reps. As speakers, this is, and coaches, like this is us getting reps. Uh, so for our parents that aren't as familiar with your work, uh, we had you as a guest. You kicked off season three of the Compete Every Day podcast uh, this past year. Uh, highly will recommend people go check out that to learn a little bit more about your background. But in the interim, what I would say is tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how you've gotten to this point, because you have a very unique and, and special work history, I should say, involving not only IMG, which is the premier place in sports, um, especially at the high school level, and, and it's got what a reputation collegiately and with athletes, but you've worked with the Chicago Bulls, you've worked with colleges and high schools all over the country. Uh, give us a snapshot of Unleash the Athlete. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, I, my, my journey kind of in what I do now really started by being a multi-sport athlete in high school, um, playing a lot of different sports and my father was like, hey, you know, you can either be on a team or you can get a job. And so I definitely wanted to uh, play sports a lot because I didn't want to have to deliver pizzas. And, and so I, I just went from, from sport to sport. And in that, I met a lot of great coaches and I had some bad coaches and I was on good teams and bad teams. And all in all, it, it made me a better football player. You know, you can relate to that, right? Like doing other things to, to kind of um, – help out what it is that you really want to do and got to college, walked on Fresno state, uh, limped off with a pretty bad injury and then uh, ended up being a cheerleader, being a mascot for Fresno state for a few years, which was awesome because the coaches knew that they could trust me when I was in the huddle during a basketball game or during a football game. And so I got to, I got a front row seat literal in the, in the huddle education on how to talk to athletes and, what to say in these heated moments and what not to say. And once I graduated from college, I, I wanted to be a coach. That's all I wanted to do. And then I took a season off to just kind of do some reflection and started being a resource to coaches because I didn't have my own team. And from there it was, I mean, that was, that's what I've been doing ever since. And I still coach a little league and, you know, YMCA and stuff. And um, those, I don't mean to say those flippantly at all because those are very important, but the stress isn't as high as it is when you're a varsity football coach in Texas or you're coaching at the college level. And so now I spend most of my time uh, creating content, leadership development, mental resiliency, uh, Unleash the Athlete is my company, and we do keynotes and workshops and online courses and uh, a lot of edu parent education stuff with, uh, I think you've had John O'Sullivan on mm -hmm. here, right? Yeah, yeah. So John and I work very closely together at changing the game project and educating parents on, on things just like uh, raising competitors. And there's just so many uh, resources out there for parents that, uh, and, and a lot of parents don't even realize it. And so I, I love that you've taken this on and that you've, uh, you've joined in the, the fight to bring sports back to their kids. 
which is fantastic. Well, and, and as we talked about previously, one of the reasons that you got into the line you did and one of the reasons that I really enjoy the Raising Competitors podcast and some of that work is it's a lot of conversations around helping kids know the things that we wish we knew, mm-hmm. teaching them the things that we wish we knew. And, and I know you and I have discussed it and our mutual friend, Kip Watson, who's also been on the show, uh, we went through a lot of that stuff of like, oh my gosh, like the self-awareness now, or like, this is how I really should respond in those situations. Or, oh my gosh, what if I just knew what visualization and how to develop resiliency was as a kid? What kind of game changer would that have been for my practices, my performances, how I viewed the world? And that really is one of the things that led you down the path because you saw a need. And, And initially, as we discussed, and I'd love for you to elaborate, is you saw a need with coaches to get help being a better coach because their impact Mm -hmm. is so great beyond just the one season. Yeah. Last night we had our, I have have this monthly uh, coach mentorship program that I do uh, first Sunday of every month. And we had a bunch of coaches on there. And at the end of the day, what I'm talking about is not strategy. It's how to get to know your athletes better, how to be a better example for your athletes, how to provide for them the tools that they need to be able to handle the intensity of a game-winning shot, to be able to handle missing it or making it. And there's a lot of things that, that I teach and that I've, I've heard you talk about that, oh, well, yeah, we didn't know. Like, I didn't know that there was different types of goals. <laughs> you know, what's your goal for the season? Win state. Like, okay, great. Um, that's an outcome goal. There's also performance goals. There's process goals. Like, what kind of system have you put in place? Like, wait a minute. No, no, no just want to win state. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I'll, I will teach these to the coaches, but coaches have so many other things that they have to worry about, you know, getting kids playing time, making sure that they're safe and creating the playbook and all this other stuff. And so then I come in and I say, okay, well uh, let's make sure that they're having fun at practice. Like what? Like, yeah. You know, make sure that, cause there's so many other opportunities for these kids to do things outside sports you know, esports. Like, right? there's a reason why esports is so popular. It's the only place a kid can go where mom and dad are not over their shoulder being like, swing, shoot it. You know, like, because mom they're, and they're dad not, don't know what's going mom on. Mom and in dad the game. don't know what's going on. So they're like, you know, they're watching Fortnite. It's like, build a wall. Like, yeah. what? What is, what is happening here? And so it, it, that's why esports is so, well, it's one of the reasons why it's so popular. But if we can educate these kids on how to have the correct mindset, Um, Last night, we focused on self-talk and confidence. And self-talk really is the things that you're saying to yourself, the questions that you're asking yourself. We talked about how you can give yourself an anxiety attack by asking yourself a bunch of questions over and over and over without letting yourself answer. And then eventually you start breathing shallow, your shoulders drop a little bit, and now you're in an anxiety attack. And you you tell some coaches that and they're like, oh my gosh, I never even realized. Like, yeah, that's what your kids are going through every day when they're mad because their TikTok is not exploding and you know, nobody's liked their Instagram page. Like these are anxious times for these kids and you can ignore it and have anxious athletes or you can address it and have athletes. Well, and I want to curveball here in a minute to go into your resiliency course and, and some of the things that you've developed. But first along those lines of self-talk, because a lot of parents listening, they're trying to pour into their kids. They're trying to encourage their kids. But at the same time, it's the fine line that we're always worried of, like, be humble, 
but like positive self-talk and some of those things, like we sometimes put that in a different category. Like we're worried of like being the arrogant kid, the cocky kid, but Mm -hmm. having the positive self-talk and and being humble doesn't mean you're just pushed around that you, you're not proud of the work you do. And so, you know, the, some of the things I've heard you talk about before that I'd love to talk here for the parents listening that are struggling with the idea of positive self-talk versus negative pride. How do you have that yeah. positive pride, that positive self-talk versus the negative side? How can they just encourage it in their kids? Yeah, that, you know, that reminds me of one of my heroes, Mr. Rogers, who uh, I just finished his biography. And in there, there's a story about him where he brought on an eye doctor. And he's on camera and the eye doctor has the flashlight in Mr. Rogers' eye. And Mr. Rogers asks, can you see my thoughts? And as an adult, we, we look at that, we're like, that's stupid. Like, Mr. Rogers, you're an idiot. Like, why would you say that? But they don't realize that Mr. Rogers was connected to that kid who's watching and never lost his ability to think like a child. Not to be childish, but to be childlike. And we forget that when we tell our kids, don't be prideful, but then we say, you should be proud of your accomplishments. That's confusing. The kids don't have the emotional capacity or the intellectual capacity to, to understand what you're actually telling them. And so we have to be careful with the words that we use. When we tell a kid, don't be prideful, it's like, okay, well, let's use a different word than that because prideful, arrogant, confidence, all these, are, all these things end up being in the same bucket when they mean very, very different things. And so as adults, we can di- disseminate, okay, this is what you meant by that. This is what you meant by that. But kids can't. And so when you talk about self-talk with kids, you want to teach them that it's okay to be very selfish with your self-talk. Your inner dialogue is about you. And that's not a bad thing. But when you're boasting about it, when you're telling everybody how great you are, that's a very different thing. And it takes away energy from you to perform right there in the moment because you're always about telling everybody else what's going on. And so I think as, as parents and, and people who are around athletes a lot, we, want, we need to be more intentional about the words that we use and the way that we teach our kids how to think. Well, and, and along those same lines is the idea of a positive t- self-talk and, and reps help build confidence. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of our kids today, they're, they're seeing the stuff we talk about on social media. They're seeing other people on TikTok and they're lacking confidence because they're seeking it in all these other places or from attention on social. It's our job as parents, as coaches, as leaders to help instill confidence or put them in positions to help them build that confidence. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about using that self-talk to help build confidence or as the parent, what are the things we can do and say to help build those confidence? And, and I believe there's a story you've shared about when you coached basketball. Uh, one of the things you did with your kids that we have an incredibly talented kids that just lack confidence for some reason or another. They've been told something by a teacher, by a friend, by someone, mm-hmm. and they've just stuck with it as if it's truth when in all reality it's the farthest thing from it yeah well when you when you're around kids and you say things and you're and you're just flippant in your language we don't we don't know what a kid will pick up i've I've been with uh i've been with a a kid and he's he's now like a grown-up and he's like coach when you said this one thing and he'll tell me what I said. And he's like, that changed my life. And I'm like, I said that? Oh my God, I got to write that down. <laughs> that was amazing. And so we forget that stuff, but it's also, they remember the bad stuff. 
And what you asked was, uh, what can parents say and what can they do? Well, I'll start with what they can do. You let your kid fail. And don't be so afraid of your child feeling emotional pain because they failed at something that they lost the game. You know, maybe they didn't start because their behavior, because they, they're not good enough. Because parents were so scared to let our kids suffer. But when we overcome the suffering, we overcome the adversity. That is when we build confidence. That confidence that is, is given from a parent to a child is very short-lived. But confidence that is earned by the kid by overcoming obstacles, that's the kind of confidence that stays. And when you're teaching confidence, you want to teach a kid that it's not linear. You don't just build on one confident thing and now I'm this confident, now I'm this confident. And you just don't just keep going up, but that confidence is fluid. And you know, I'm almost, I'm almost 40 years old and I, my confidence sometimes wanes. And so I have to remind myself, okay, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm good. Like I belong here. You know, the whole, uh, um, identity and um, imposter syndrome and all this other stuff. It, it that never, that stuff never goes away. No, but you learn how to, uh, how, how to talk to yourself and be like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Those are old thought patterns. That's an old record. That's a script that no longer applies. I can get rid of that. And as parents, we also need to remember that when we're talking to a 10 year old, they're still learning that stuff. They're not a mini adult. I'll say that again. Children are not mini adults. I want to scream it from the mountaintops, Jake, because these kids are not ready for all the stuff that we give. You know, so like you had your phone on or in your hand a minute ago. These kids have their phones and they have access to everything in the world that ever happened, ever. And all the stuff that's made up. And none, we didn't have any of that as kids. It was like, nothing. dial up my senior year. If you were lucky, oh. you could get it. Beep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and then mom gets know. on the phone and it's like, goodbye. Yep. Mom, get off the phone. Yep. And now they <laughs> have know? everything in the palm of their hand. Everything. And so more access to stuff is not better. I, so I study um, Carl Jung the psychologist, uh, like a Jungian um, psychology. And there were books in his program that he wouldn't allow people to read until they were 35. And it was because they weren't ready for it. And now 35 maybe was arbitrary number, 33, they're ready, 37, who knows. But the point is, is that there is, there is stuff out there that kids aren't ready for, that they, that they shouldn't be held responsible to understand. Um, I mean, even we can talk about relationships. Like I never heard my mom say anything negative about my dad. And I never heard anything negative my dad said about my mom after they divorced, like, well, and before too, but it wasn't until I was an adult where they were like, all right, here's the real story. Yeah. And they like laid it on me. And I was like, thank you. Because I, I, I didn't want to have to handle that when I was a child. And when I hear parents are like, oh, my son's my best friend. I'm like, oh, that sucks. He doesn't need to be your best friend. He needs a dad. And here's one thing, Jake, since I've been coaching for 20 years, I definitely don't have all the answers, not even anywhere near, but I can tell you one thing for sure. If a parent wants to be their kid's friend, they have a very difficult relationship with them in adulthood. But when the parent is the parent, they get a friend in their child through adulthood. It's, it happens every time. And so when I see a dad of a 10-year-old kid carrying that kid's equipment bag to practice 
I'm just like, that kid doesn't have a chance. Like dad's doing everything for him. You know, our mom's holding the, and I, don't get me wrong. I think it's like my mom loved to hold my football helmet. That was her thing. I had to carry everything else, but that was like, you know, that was cool. But you know what I've seen recently, Jake? I don't know if you've seen this, but I see parents going to um, recruiting trips with their kids and then participating. Oh in yeah, the, the, the photos. Dad at University like, of Florida got like his own jersey and uniform. And what the like, hell is wrong with you? That is that has nothing to do with you. Like that just proves that you are living your life through your child. Well, and, and you that, have it. You see it on the oh. reverse side too when the kid signs with not who the parent wanted. And there was one a few like a year or two ago where a mom like lost it and stormed out because her kid went to Florida over Auburn or something. And it was just a huge ordeal. And at that point, it's like, it's not about the kid. No, it's not about the kid. And that those kind of situations hurt a relationship for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, I, I want to switch gears slightly for the parents here that are listening that are involved in the kids' sports, whether we're talking. Since we lost about half of them. Now yeah, since listening. we lost about <laughs> half of them, now they're like, wow, wow, call me out on it. No, but I, I think one of the things that you do and have done really well that, that I've used because we talked about it is one of your first online courses about mm -hmm. the activities. And so I'd mm -hmm. love to hear a little bit behind it for our parents listening because I think it's an incredible investment. Uh, it's not a high dollar investment, but the value is immense. I've used the activities in my keynotes with, with high school students um, and workshops. And so tell us a little bit about what inspired this activity set, what it's about, how it helps those parents and coaches. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, so team building activities for athletes uh, started with 52 activities. And I do these with with all my, like in my workshops and, you know, my keynotes and stuff. And I've just, and, and what they are really is just years and years of doing summer camps and improvisational comedy and, and all that stuff. But what I do is I break it up into five different in different sections. And so like, for example, the first one is interrupt, uh, wake up the athlete and set the mood. And these kids have been in school all day or they've been doing stuff. And when they get to practice, these coaches think like, Oh, now, now it's time to practice that the kids can just turn it on and they can't yeah. like they just really can't. And so there's these activities that are um, really easy to take four or five minutes and they just kind of get the kid in that childlike state or uh, the second section is talk and it's bond with teammates through life experiences. And there's just all these opportunities for you to get to know your athletes. Um, one is a uh, hero hardship and highlight. So you get a kid to talk about who their hero is, who uh, a hardship that they've overcome and then a highlight. I did this one time with a very high, uh, like high profile uh, high school team. And one of the guys gets up there. He's been at, he's been on the team for two weeks as a senior. He, he's a transfer from out of state and uh, he gets up and he goes, uh, my hero is, I don't remember who he said, but he goes hardship. Um, so I just had a baby two weeks ago and we're like, Err! what <laughs> he goes yeah you know i came here because i know i'll get a good scholarship i want to be able to take care of my kids through the vehicle football and it was just like i talked to him afterwards i go were you going to share that with anybody he goes no not if it wasn't for this i probably wouldn't have said anything but then that shit bonds everybody they're like oh man this guy has a purpose this guy has a why you know and so then it also goes into you know grow where you're overcoming obstacles and learning how to communicate uh, and then there's entertain where it's sometimes, and so this is what I feel about great teams is that they all have two things. They have a shared language and they have inside jokes. 
And if you remember sports, playing sports, uh, the wins and losses are, are memorable, but not like that one time so-and-so fell in the garbage can and, you know, got ketchup on his uniform or um, when you were throwing water balloons at each other. Like there's all these moments in sports that uh, make it fun and make it memorable. And I was talking to a parent of an athlete that I, I was her daughter's basketball coach eight years ago. And she has a younger daughter now and she had a question. So she called me, she still had my phone number. And I was like, Hey, uh, you know, your daughter, so-and-so, what did she remember about our, uh, our time together? And she goes, one thing, the time where it was your birthday and you canceled practice halfway through when we brought you cupcakes. And I was like, why, why, why is that? She goes, because you just sat there and hung out with the girls for the next half an hour and you had cupcakes with them. That's the thing she remembers the most about that season. Like, oh man. So it's a, it's a reminder, you know, and we're getting off topic though. But, um, and then the last one is, uh, is hype. And that's just uh, rock, paper, scissors, like yelling and getting crazy. You just want to increase the intensity. And so all these activities and I've, I've, you know, you buy the course, you get all the additional ones too, but I think we're up to like 70 activities now, but, uh, it, it's just a, a reminder for coaches and parents that it's important for the kids to, to, to bond with each other and to, um, to really look at sports as something that's enhancing their life, not just something that they have to do for the promised scholarship eight years in the future. Well, and, and the scholarship aside, I mean, there's so much pressure on it, but the, the beauty of what we love most about sports is what it helps build the character lessons, the cliche, you know, leadership, but it, it's so true. It puts you in uncomfortable positions and in safe environments. It forces you out of your comfort zone. It forces you to communicate with people who are different than you in order to achieve a common goal, everything that we need throughout life, which is why, you know, I'm so passionate about it. But on that same note of the activities, you just released a new brand new course uh, for mental resiliency for athletes, which is one, as we've talked about you developing it, I was like, God, I wish I had this at 14, 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Why was this your next course and, and what is unique about it? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I go to these uh, conferences on sports psychology and, and I get to you know talk to different people who are in the field and everybody, like nobody will share what they're teaching. You know, it's like secret. I was like, you know, I'm gonna be different. And so I just took everything that I teach from self-talk and confidence, goal setting, mindset, uh, mindfulness, focus, uh, gosh, breathing, um, imagery, intensity. I took all these things and I put them into teachable lessons, 15, 20 minutes. And I just put everything out there. So, so I give you the coach and the parent and pastor, whoever buys it, I give you the content, the process, and then it's up to you to deliver. You know, even the point, even the videos. Like, and so I really just wanted to resource coaches to be able to look at it and go, okay, I'm going to teach today. I'm going to teach about breathing or I'm going to teach, uh, uh, like I have this system of success. It's called 4WH. And uh, we talk about like, who do you want to be? What do you want? Why do you want it? When do you want it? And how will you do it? And there's this just little process where it really, really breaks down if I'm going to achieve something, how, I, how I'm going to do that. And so I set up the PowerPoint and everything and I delivered that. And that launched uh, a couple days ago. And uh, I've, been, I've been pretty humbled uh, how many people, it's been pretty amazing, like the response and 
uh, I'm just, I'm very glad that I can offer that kind of thing with, uh, to, to people that I respect so much. Well, and, and the unique thing I love about it is not only the content that we've been through and, and you and I have talked about that that's quality in method, but you're leaving it up to the parent, the coach, the pastor, whoever's working with the team mm-hmm. to deliver it because they know those people. They know those kids. They're, they're invested in that relationship. And so instead of, hey, you need to watch this video with this guy, James, and do this stuff, he says, you've white labeled it, you've worked it so that they can take those activities as lessons and apply it directly with their team that's going to be more effective because they are the coach that has the impact that continues to grow with that team. They're that mother figure, that father figure that's in their players' lives each and every day throughout the off season and the in season. And I think that was a unique aspect of it because most people sell the courses and it's like, Hey, sign up, get this for all your athletes. We're going to deliver it directly to them. And then you can just reinforce it later. Whereas you switch that model is here's additional resources to help you, but you need to be the one that goes forward with that message. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as a coach, you have so much things that you have to do and preparing a mental resiliency lesson or leadership development And right now. So I'm working on leadership development. That'll be my next one. And I had this concept of do say be, so do the work, earn your voice and then become a leader. And same thing, like all the, all the things, all the, the presentations are editable. And so that's another thing is that it doesn't have to look like it came from unleash the athlete. Like make it look like it came from Central East High School or Hanford, you know, junior high or whatever it is, put your logo on there. Uh, because when you present that kind of information to the athletes and the athletes think it's coming from you, that helps them to trust you more. And you're not being an imposter. You're, you're using the resources that are available to you. You're smart enough to know that they need this stuff. And so who cares that you got it from me or from Jake or from anywhere else? Like, just, just give the information to the kids. And so that way we can say, well, they were informed when they make the bad decisions, at least they had the information. Well, and, and that also reinforces the culture. This is what our culture is about. We are going to be resilient athletes. We are going to be leaders. And when the kid sees the content, they see their school logo on there. It reinforces that this is what we're about, mm-hmm. which is key because Absolutely. the culture is such a big, important thing of, accountability, leadership, everything like that. It's got to fit that culture. So James, for anybody listening that is interested in this stuff, where can they go find out your activities courses, your mental resiliency courses, or for any coaches that are like, Hey, I I need to learn more about this mastermind you have going on. Mentorship, I should say, not mastermind, mentorship. Yeah. Well, I changed it from mastermind to mentorship because uh, it, I found like when, when I launched it, I thought that it would be uh, just a couple coaches that wanted to talk about stuff and it quickly grew to outside of what a typical mastermind is. And so it's more me teaching. And, um, that is, uh, so I, I, I get all the videos and you can, you can access them and you get access to every other course that I have if you're in the mentorship. So, um, you go to utathlete.com or jamesleith.com. Those are my, my two websites and all the stuff's there. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, not on Snapchat. I never understood the appeal of Snapchat, but I was about to say the kids are Instagram and TikTok. The parents are it. still Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. Uh, yeah. And Facebook is something that I fight every day. I just, I, I know I, I need to be on there more, uh, but I've, I've muted a lot of people on Facebook. <laughs> well, what, what I've done and, and I found it because like everybody, I'll happily admit I use Facebook random times throughout the day, probably Mm -hmm. when you go to the bathroom, whatever, you've got Facebook. And what I've started doing is I'll just unfollow people. 
Right. Not if I like them, dislike them, but I'm like, I, there's certain content I just don't care to see. Like I'm going to clean right. my feed, bare bones. Clean the I, feed. Clean the That's feed. It. And I laugh when, you know, you hear articles like today, uh, I happened to hear the Dan Levitard show and they were talking about how studies, which are obvious, people report having more happy lives, less anxiety when they leave Facebook. And I laugh about the the challenge as a business owner because so many people are there it's such a great channel no i can't leave facebook i want to i can't but yeah to be able to communicate to advertise to contact your customer base your the people Mm -hmm. you're here to serve it's so valuable and so as a business owner as a parent how do you balance those fine lines and and so cleaning your feed being cautious about who you follow and and i think that's where it's most helpful um and it's one of the reasons i've fallen in love with instagram so much is because i feel there's more control on exactly what I want to see and the type of content and what I want to share. And so, uh, yeah, the struggle of, of parents, of coaches, of everyone, of dealing with this growing thing of social media and not living in the comparison world or being distracted by the crap that's out there. So Um, much crap, but we have to use it. It's, it's one of those things where you've got to use it to communicate, to be in touch with your athletes and coaches, just like parents need to know, you know, other parents that their kids hang out with and their kids and everything like that. We just have to be smart about how we use it, which gives us an opportunity to have conversations with people about, Hey, here's how I use it effectively. Mm -hmm. Does this method work for you or not? So that's it, man. um, Dude, this has been a lot of fun. The whole thing's recorded. We don't have to redo. So (laughs) praise and thank you to you for sitting in on this. Parents, we're going to be linking to James's courses, his website and social media in the show notes. So please do me a favor, uh, check those out. You can obviously hear this iTunes, Spotify, podcast.competeveryday.com. It is all there. Bro, thanks for hanging out this week. Always My pleasure, fun. Man. Yeah, you're a good dude. Thanks for what you do, man. You're, you're helping a lot of people. Thanks, mom and dad, for tuning in to another episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. As always, to get connected and learn more, check out RaisingCompetitors.com. And be sure to support the show by checking out CompeteEveryday.com. You can find some motivational apparel for yourself, for your kids, great podcasts, and other programs that we offer at Compete Every Day. Until then, keep instilling in your kids the importance of competing every day and setting them up for success in school, in sports, and in life. This is the Raising Competitors podcast. 